Chapter Twenty Four of Grace Harlowe's Problem by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Four: The Bond Eternal. The full moon shone down with its broadest smile on the group of young people who occupied Mrs. Gray's roomy, old-fashioned veranda. As on another June night that belonged to the past, Mrs. Gray's Christmas children had gathered home. "'We're here because we're here,' caroled Hippy Wingate. "'But allow me to make one observation.' One, jeered Reddy Brooks. "'You mean one hundred. "'That's very unkind in you, Reddy,' returned Hippy in a grieved tone. "'Just to show you how entirely off the track you are, "'I will make that one observation and subside. "'I didn't know you had such a word as subside in your vocabulary.' derided David Nesbit. "'Nora, where art thou? Thy husband is calling,' wailed Hippy. "'I would hardly call that an observation,' laughed Grace. "'It sounds more like an anguished appeal for help,' remarked Anne. "'Or a perpetration by a deaf man who hasn't the least idea of how it sounds,' added Tom Gray cruelly. "'Nora!' rebuked Hippy, fixing a disapproving eye on his wife, who was laughing immoderately. How can you hear your husband thus derided and laugh at his suffering? Oh, if Miriam were only here to protect me! By the way, he went on innocently, where is Miriam? She will be here a little later, said Grace evasively. Ah, oh, yes, I see, smirked Hippy. I suppose she is looking up further information on the drama. "'Miriam is really well informed on that subject. "'Did she go to the library, or—' "'He paused, and his smile grew wider. "'To the train.' "'Absolute silence followed this pertinent question. "'Then Jessica giggled. "'That giggle proved infectious. "'A ripple of mirth went the round of the porch party. "'Here comes Miriam now,' Grace pointed down the drive. Two figures were seen strolling toward the house in leisurely fashion.' "'Yes, here she comes. Better ask her what you just asked us,' Reddy satirically advised Tippy. "'Why ask questions when my eyes tell me it was the train? Still, if you think it advisable, I will—' "'Be good,' ordered Nora. "'Don't you dare say one word.' "'I haven't made my observation yet,' reminded Hippy. "'It will keep.' "'Ah, oh, here they come. Now for a pretty little speech of welcome.' Hippy rose and puffed out his chest, but before he could utter a word he was jerked back by the coat-tails to the porch-seat on which he and Nora had been sitting. As Miriam and the man at her side neared the porch, everyone rose to greet them. Then the women of the party exchanged smiling glances. On Miriam's engagement finger shone the white fire of a diamond. The next instant Everett Southard was shaking hands with Mrs. Gray and the eight originals, while Miriam looked on an expression of radiant happiness in her eyes. Then the actor turned to her with the beautiful smile that Nora O'Malley had often declared was seraphic, and said, "'Shall we tell them now, Miriam?' Miriam's black eyes glowed with the soft light that love alone could lend to them. The pink in her cheeks deepened. "'Yes,' she acquiesced. "'Miriam and I are going the rest of our ways together, dear friends,' he said simply. Anne thought she had never heard his voice take on a more exquisitely tender tone. I came from New York to tell you so. Immediately a flow of congratulations ensued. 
In the midst of them Tom Gray's eyes met Grace's. What he read there seemed to satisfy him. When everyone was again seated, he walked over to the porch swing where Grace and Anne sat idly rocking to and fro. Stopping directly in front of Grace, he held out his hands at her. As she looked up at him, her face took on an expression of perfect love and trust. Placing her hands in Tom's, Grace rose to her feet. Their friends watched the pretty tableau with affectionately smiling faces. Then the two young people faced the expectant company. You know, all of you, what I am going to say, so you must know, too, how happy I am. Grace has promised to marry me. Tom's face was aglow with happiness. My dear, dear child, Mrs. Gray rose, her arms extended to Grace. I have hoped for this ever since you were graduated from high school. Grace embraced the old lady tenderly. Then her chums hemmed her in, and congratulations began all over again. Talk about your surprises, beamed Reddy. I hadn't any idea that Grace and Tom had fixed up this one. I can't tell you how glad I am, old fellow. He shook Tom's hand vigorously. David and Hippy followed suit. The faces of the three young men fairly shone with joy. They had long understood the depth of Tom's dejection over Grace's steadfast refusal to give up her work for his sake. "'We saved it as a special feature of the vacation,' laughed Tom. "'But I'll tell you three fellows a secret.' He lowered his voice, and the laughter died out of his fine face, leaving it very serious. "'I never expected this happiness was coming my way. Long ago I gave up all idea of ever being anything but a friend to Grace.' I can't understand how it all came about, and I suppose I never shall. Maybe we aren't tickled over your good fortune, said Hippy warmly. We've waited for this a long while. I always told Nora that it would happen some day. I knew there was just one Tom Gray, and that it would only be a question of time until Grace found it out. No fair having secrets, called out Nora. What and who are you boys talking about in such low confidential voices? Me! beamed Hippy. Reddy was just telling me that he never fully appreciated me until cruel distance separated us. Of course I can't help feeling touched. It is so seldom that Reddy appreciates anything or anyone. He is— The confidential group suddenly dissolved in a hurry. Reddy took hold of Hippy's arm and rushed him down the steps and around the corner of the house in an anything but gentle manner. There, he declared as he returned to the porch alone. That'll teach him that he can't make pointed remarks about me. I guess he felt touched that time. Nora, wailed a pathetic voice, come and get me. I want to sit on the veranda too. Promise you'll be nice and ready or I won't come after you, stipulated Nora, making no effort to rise. I won't promise, came the defiant answer. I don't like Reddy. He is a hard-hearted ruffian. Thank you sang out Reddy. Now come back if you dare. I don't want to come back. I'd rather walk around by myself in the garden. Nothing further was heard from Hippy for a time. Conversation on the veranda went on merrily. Apparently no one missed the stout young man. Suddenly a bland voice at Reddy's elbow said, Why, good evening, Reddy. Hippy's fat face appeared between the lace curtains at the open parlour window. He beamed joyfully at the company, 
then favoured Reddy with a smile so wide and ingratiating that the latter's fierce expression changed to a reluctant grin. At this hopeful sign, Hippy clambered through the window and crowded himself into the swing between Jessica and Anne, who had resumed their seats there. They protested vigorously, then made room for him. After announcing their engagement and receiving the congratulations of their friends, Tom and Grace had seated themselves on a rustic bench a little apart from the others. Grace's slim fingers lay within Tom's strong hands. "'Grace,' he said, bending toward her so that he could look into her eyes, "'are you perfectly sure that you love me? Are you quite content to give up your work? You don't think there will ever come a time when you will be sorry that you chose me instead?' It still seems like a dream to me. I can't believe that you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives together. It is too much happiness. If you knew how black everything seemed that rainy day when you sent me out of your life— Hush! You mustn't speak of it. Grace lightly laid the fingers of her free hand against Tom's lips. I did not know how wonderful your love for me was. It took sorrow and separation to make me see it. But I am sure now, Tom, perfectly sure. I used to think I could never give up being house mother at Harlowe House, but now I am entirely satisfied to have Emma Dean take my place. She will do the work even better than I. Harlowe House can spare me, but Tom Gray can't, and I can't spare him. What you said to me so long ago came true, dear. When love came to me, not even work could crowd it out. I have met my fairy prince at last. Then the prince is going to claim the princess and bind him to her forever with a jeweled circle of gold, said Tom softly. His hand reached into an inner pocket in his coat. Over Grace Harlow's slender finger was slipped the magic circle of gold, a glittering pledge of eternal devotion, and as she touched the jeweled token with her lips, the knowledge came to her that though Loyalheart's pilgrimage in the land of college was ended, an infinitely more wonderful journey on the highway of life was soon to begin. How Grace Harlowe spent her last summer in her father's house before starting upon that journey with Tom Gray as her lifelong guide will be told in Grace Harlowe's Golden Summer. End of chapter 24 End of Grace Harlowe's Problem by Jessie Graham Flower